0: Wow, podcast number two of the day. So much for a lazy Sunday. Regis Miyamba, what's happening, dude?
1: Hi there, chap. How are you doing?
0: God, I'm very well, thanks, and yourself, and I know you're cutting weight at the moment, so uh, we're not going to talk about Twinkies or anything like that.
1: <laughs> That's cool.
0: Oh, you still into that shit, by the way, or have you grown up? I
1: love Twinkies, and I love cupcakes. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> now, um, please explain to me your motorbike situation, because... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a lesson in learning how to not spend your money.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I uh, got a sweet deal on a bike. And, uh, what, thought, kind of,
0: what kind of bike is
1: this? You're about? <laughs> uh, it was a Yamaha FZR and um, I wanted to modify it and turn it into uh, a cafe racer street bike. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of money on it, and unfortunately, it didn't turn out the way I wanted, and I kind of had to scrap the whole idea.
0: Were you modifying it yourself? Are you that way inclined?
1: No, no, no. Uh, obviously, had other guys doing it for me, and I learned a lot about bikes as well, uh, but at the moment, I'm just going to take it easy and... Uh, Look for something else.
0: At the moment, is the thing on stilts or is it actually worth it? I scrapped it. You I, scrapped it? Yeah. Oh, what do you mean you scrapped it? You threw it away?
1: Uh, no, I'm going to be selling it for parts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then how are you going to get around from A to B besides Taxify, who seems to uh, not like your <laughs>
1: Um, I've got a scooter at the moment. And, uh, yeah, that's been my way of transport lately.
0: But you didn't trust to take the scooter from Tableview, where you live, to where I live in Claremont? Yeah. Really?
1: No, 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 no. Uh, I I just felt comfortable. I didn't really want to drive in the wind. Ah. And uh, so close to a fight, you know.
0: Ooh, yeah, I don't want to take risks, yeah, I yeah. suppose. But instead take risks on a taxifier who decided he wanted to fuck you on price at the last minute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that That was his problem, unfortunately, you know um the app gave me a price i was prepared to pay the price he said it's more it wasn't my problem i i said that uh i'll meet him halfway and i gave him a decent tip
0: was he following <laughs> a decent tip was he following the map and the voice on the app or was he kind of going his own direction
1: he was following he was following the app uh at some times and he took some dodgy turns i'm not gonna lie and, uh, yeah, he, we finally, finally, hopefully, uh, we finally got here safely. But uh, it was his app. That was a problem. It wasn't me. I just sat there in the car. So
0: it was 150 bucks on the app. You ended up paying him?
1: I gave him, uh, we made him two, halfway. I gave him 200 bucks.
0: And 200 bucks. he wanted how much?
1: He wanted 250 He said it, it's, that that trip was $250. i have taken it before. I stayed in Kenilworth and I still trained in Tableview. And, uh, you know, the price varies depending on traffic, of course. And it's either between 180 to around 220 to get you. And your, your house is closer than where my house was. So. Yeah. so,
0: Taxify, I'm not going to be approaching you for sponsorship because you guys are a <laughs> bunch of lying motherfuckers. You should have told me, hey, did. you know, there's an EFC fighter in the back of the car.
1: Oh, don't really oh, no, bring Gra- that out.
0: Gra- Graham wouldn't like you to bring that out. <laughs> bring the entire organization into disrepute. Yo, your voice is hoarse, hey? and yeah. uh, you care to say why? Yesterday was quite the day.
1: It was quite an awesome, awesome day. Uh, obviously, you met my dog. Oh. <laughs>
0: okay, wait, before we go on, man. Uh, so, it's a... Okay. Nine-week-old... Bull Mastiff, that's right, and it's got all that puppy fat and big brown eyes, and is the biggest chick magnet I've ever, ever come across. In my life. <laughs> so, Reg, you, you were working corners uh, for your teammates, so yeah. I got entrusted with this dog,
1: lucky guy, which
0: is the greatest day of my life <laughs> because I, I don't think I've had more attention from females in my entire life. I need that dog. It's now my dog. Why did you not bring it to daddy? <laughs>
1: uh, unfortunately, because tax does not allow animals in the cars as well. Oh,
0: my God. Well, um, you told me that this dog is now going to go breed.
1: Yeah, in Joburg.
0: How did you get your hands on this little bundle
1: of cuteness in the first place? Uh, well, my, my girlfriend and I are busy looking for a dog. And uh, her mum was like, uh, she's going to start a farm grab a farm and uh, breed bull masters and um, she found this this boy Caesar here in Cape Town oh God, he's <laughs> and uh, we went and got him and we looked after him and luckily our time got extended uh, obviously because of his shots and whatnot uh, before the flight back to Jo'burg and uh, yeah uh, that's the story behind it.
0: How hard is it gonna be to let go of this little dog?
1: Oof. Uh, we were meant to let him go last week, Tuesday, and uh, my girlfriend was actually crying and all. <laughs> so uh, another week with him uh, is definitely going to be a lot harder.
0: Well, the thing is, you live in a flat. Yeah. You can't have a bull can't have a bull growing must've. up in a flat. No, no, no. Is he in the flat now? Like, Is he uh, chilling with you or your girlfriend's ass or something? He's, like
1: he's, with, he's, he's with my girlfriend at the department Oh,
0: man. Okay, so Devin got more action in a day than he's ever had in his life because uh, not sexual action i would just I was being respectful <laughs> at all times i eventually after the third girl came up to me and said can i please pet your dog i started saying yes it's my dog when they said is this your dog and then they are asking me and i was sitting next to Chris, <laughs> christian who was uh, one of your teammates before he had his fight and, and like you'll ask him chicks were just coming up to me and patting this little puppy and then this one girl goes, how old is he? So I said four weeks because I'd like forgotten. No. And then Christian goes, It's nine weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, nine weeks. She goes, is this your dog? I was like, it is now. If it makes the story any more believable. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I got to sit with this little bull master and he just slept most of the time. Yeah. There's a little bit of like uh, an hour and a half where he was getting a bit frisky and little kids were playing around with him and he decided to start like moving around. Oh, geez, I apologize. Drew Wolf, I'm going to have to speak to you later, my friend. Um, if your phone's not on silent, don't worry. I've already broken that rule. Um, so chilling with that little puppy, sitting at the back, watching cool MMA fights, man. It's good to see yeah. the, the amateur circuit getting back to life.
1: That's right. You're in Cape Town.
0: Wow, we needed it, man. Yeah,
1: we really did. I
0: was saying to Mike uh, Mike Minemini, my coach, and Nick Radley, we had a podcast two weeks ago is that after CS- CFL went down, like the entire scene died. It collapsed. Completely. And it's been like a good year yeah. you know, since real MMA food for amateurs has come up. And now the gym's seemingly getting together. Uh, so yesterday's event was a Takedown, yeah. which is in Lakeside. And then the next event I imagine would be silverback
1: or pfa or i'm really not sure at the moment but uh they did post something on their facebook page said something's coming up soon uh so we just have to wait and see
0: yeah because it's this the thing is is that it's the cfl was that step before efc yeah big lights bigger production bigger crowds and that's now being completely taken away so it's starting back at zero again and starting back at zero in these gym wars which are great because I kind of feel matchmaking is a lot tougher because a lot yeah. of guys are having their first fights. So you never know how they're going to go. Yeah. But uh, I saw Silverback on Earth, a couple of little gems.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so you want to run me through them, top to bottom. You guys had five or six fighters in
1: uh, We had... I think, yeah, around five or six. And yeah.
0: one lost. It was only the, uh, the last fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, like... You guys all seem to perform pretty well, and at that stage or at that f- sort of phase. Yeah, of we
1: stage. we we aren't really a uh, gym for the public. We guys who like to fight. And uh,
0: now, when you say not really a gym for the public, are you talking about not really a uh, white collar kind of a like commercial commercial gym? commercial gym? Yeah. So you're a fighters only gym.
1: We're we're fighters only gym.
0: Wow, there's not a lot of those running around. Yeah, I think because most of the people use the white collars, and I say that in inverted commas being like um, Jillian, who just wants to have an MMA-focused workout, yeah, you know, that yeah. kind of thing, but never wants to fight, to pay their bills. So you guys are paying your bills with <laughs> whatever you guys earn yeah. or fighting, which I suppose is not too much at the moment, but it gets there. And uh, how long has this gym been going for? I, saw that.
1: Um, I think since 2006.
0: But not as silverback
1: though. Uh, the, the gym's been uh, it used to be called Panther. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's a whole big, uh, big story behind that, and uh, somehow
0: loosely locked in with the CFL story. Thank yeah, you. Same yeah. People, same it's all interlocked. Same, same thugs. <laughs> and that gym closed down. Silverback opened up. Yeah. Are you the only pro fighter out of Silverback? No,
1: now? no, no. There's quite a few guys. Um, Who else? There's lots of uh, there, there's 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 uh, Franco Condori. He's coming up in the EFC now. He's a record of two and one. Uh, there is uh, Juan Buesada, a pro kickboxer, no. also making his MMA debut very soon.
0: Wasn't he at Tricor?
1: Um, was he
0: always with you guys?
1: He's been with us for quite a while. Okay. Uh, since Silverback started, actually. He was with us at Panther as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, no, no, no. Yeah, sorry, I'm forgetting. I'm mixing it up with the wrong
1: people. There's the Mean Machine, the Monster some Doku. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, those are the guys that uh, that we have there. And uh, the cool thing is we get lots of guys coming in and out uh, to work with us.
0: Well, you were talking to me yesterday. We were talking about boxing sparring. And yeah. You were sparring uh, Sting on the big uh, Zimbabwean cruiserweight. That's correct. So, I was speaking this morning. I did a podcast earlier with Emil Kalakuzi And I said to him, hey, I, I just thought about this now. You're looking for sparring partners. My boy, Regis, is always looking for sparring partners in boxing. And you guys are the same size. He's a 11 and 0 in boxing. Oh, wow. uh, he's a mover. He's a real stick and move kind of guy. I think the two of you should hook up for sparring sessions. I think you'd be able to work well with each other. Because obviously, he's never seen your kind of fighting style before. Yeah. And he said he likes to spar against those kind of EFC or MMA kind of guys. Because they keep coming forward. Yeah. So his style is suited to someone who comes forward on them. So it's, it's, it would be good practice. And I'll give you his phone number. The two of you must definitely meet up and and start uh, banging it out on each other. I think it'll be good for both of you. I so, think I'll be cool. Yeah. Really um, appreciate that. But with more focus on to what's happening in your life at the moment. I was thinking the other day, when did I meet you? You were like sixteen.
1: Around right about that time, yeah.
0: And that was when I was first ring or not first ring announcing but first mma ring announcing at those gym wars that you had at panther Panther fight nights yeah 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 back in the day when nick radley was still kicking people in the head exactly yeah wow man that was a long time ago how old are you now
1: uh i'm 23 now
0: i've known you for seven years is that what you're telling me
1: that's what that's what i'm telling you (laughs) crazy it doesn't it feel like it at all that's crazy man.
0: <laughs> and in those seven years you've obviously come from the amateur ranks yeah. uh in mma you've you've achieved everything you could at the sort of gym war level and you stepped up to the cfl level you're unbeaten in cfl
1: no uh, uh i lost i lost uh my first ever fight cut weight for uh went down to light i, I as an amateur I fought at uh welterweight and I uh, moved down to to lightweight and fought for the CFL inaugural CFL lightweight championship as a pro amateur wasn't
0: that against one of the cabezas
1: Texas Cabesa that's ah, right it's yeah a zero. Huh. <laughs> and uh, yeah it was a really good scrap but uh, he he held me down and uh I was I was you puffing I was huffing and puffing I was dehydrated I felt like I was stuck in the mud. And I uh, moved back up to welterweight. Uh, I had a few fights and uh, they gave me the opportunity to fight for the welterweight prime amateur title. I fought uh, the, the, the Sean DeLange. He's he also in the EFC and it was a war. Oh, I remember <laughs> that. that. was a hundred <laughs> yeah. fight. That was awesome, yeah.
0: Sean DeLange is a strange cat, man. You never hear anything of him outside of when you see him on television fighting. Otherwise, he's quiet. That's he's, true. He's got like, I don't think he's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think nah. he's a mountain man. That's that's where like these guys actually get popular. Is that the more you withdraw from the public, the more they want to know about you. Yeah, and it's weird because you could also be some guy who's out there posting every single selfie every day, kind of thing, and no one gives a fuck about you. But kind of gets
1: irritating after a while. Yeah, but as
0: soon as you like, okay, I can't find a single picture of Sean Delanger online that he's taken of himself. Then like, who is this guy? Like, he's a mountain man. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah. And then from CFL, you won the welterweight belt, and then you turned pro pretty much. Turned pro, that. yeah, yeah. And EFC, what's your record now? Six and five. Six and
1: five as a professional.
0: So that's a 11 fights total. That's true. So you're an experienced MMA fighter <laughs> now.
1: Hey? At, I think so.
0: At 23 years old, yeah, you've finally yeah. become a man. Very true. But your career, obviously, six wins, five losses. Some people, it depends which way they want to look at that. Yeah. But... um. <laughs> If you're a boxing person, you're going to look at five losses on a record and go, oh, you can't fight. But MMA is different because there's a lot more ways to lose an so MMA fight yeah. than there is a boxing match. And I was saying to Emil earlier in our earlier podcast that don't be afraid to lose. Boxers have this mentality. As soon as you lose, as soon as the zero, no one's going to care about you. Yeah. And I don't think that's the case. And I wish it wasn't the case because you six and five, but you're as popular as you ever were in EFC. You're always getting action. Yeah. And now you're experienced. You've got 11 fights under your record going up against a guy who's 3-0, and Rudy Roots. Yeah. What are you expecting out of him? Do you know much about him? Have you um, seen much
1: of him? I, I have seen a bit of him, and uh, I'm expecting a good fight. I think he's going to come out guns blazing. He's coming out of a good gym, and they're going to have a good game plan. Fight for militia, right? FFM, that's right. Um, I fought quite a few guys that are there. Uh, obviously, Don Madge, Luke Michaels, uh, my former training partners are there as well, uh, Temba Garimbo. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to putting on a good scrap and I'm definitely going to be prepared.
0: So three, he's 3-0. Three oh, I had a look at his record, believe I'm not that smart. I did brush up on my arm he came in the five minutes that I was uh, having a hot dog outside. And uh, all of his wins coming by way of knockout or technical knockout, That's although right. he's listed as a wrestler. Mm. So your jiu-jitsu is what carries your ground game, right? Or are you trying to learn wrestling? Uh,
1: I, I feel like I'm, I'm a bit of a hybrid fighter. Okay. Uh, I, I've great, uh, I feel like I've got, I've got great stand-up, and it's only getting better. And I'm feeling more and more confident as I get in the cage. And uh, my go-to is the ground. I'm, I'm comfortable both on, on top position and on my back. So I am ready for anything he brings to me.
0: Do you practice uh, jiu-jitsu with gi at all?
1: hell yeah okay so yeah.
0: now can you explain to me as someone who doesn't do jiu-jitsu someone who's got proximity issues someone who hates the taste of somebody else's sweat in their mouth <laughs> which is why i'll never ever roll with anyone again uh, i did it once and i like i hated it <laughs> what is the difference between you get guys who learn how to do jits in a gi and then you get guys who don't want to wear a gi and just do jits sort of i suppose what no you gi- call freestyle no yeah, gi whatever yeah. What do you pick up in a gi? Because, I mean, you're fighting in MMA. You're not wearing a shirt or a rash guard. You're not wearing a gi. So in my inexperienced mind, I would say, what's the point of using a gi? What's the point of learning in a gi?
1: Well, firstly, when you get graded, uh, you need to know a lot of techniques with your gi. You don't get graded. Uh, like, well, we, we don't get uh, our belts. Uh, we, we get our exams and whatnot uh, with a gi on. So you're going to have to know what to do with the gear, how to count certain things, and how to do things with with your gear. And uh, I'm always proud to wear my belt. I'm a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. And, and how many uh, years
0: you been doing jiu-jitsu for now?
1: Uh, close to seven or eight years. Okay, well, wow. yeah.
0: But you know, still, you I, okay? I suppose with gis, there's places to hold the paul. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Uh, it's called the paul.
0: Okay. What, <laughs> the collar. Uh, in my mind. Um, but then when you got your shirt off and you're in a cage, there's nothing to grip on. So how, I don't understand how that can translate into why are you, wh- what is the point of learning in a gear? And I understand you say, yes, it's the only way we can get graded. But if there's no lapel with your shirt on, then surely learning with a gear is kind of pointless.
1: Some could say that, but uh, I just listen to my coaches. Because okay, so it's uh, a
0: purest thing. You've yeah. been indoctrinated. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want Anthony Kittle to smash your face yeah. against And Gary King. Okay, so Gary yeah, King's yeah. Your, your coach. My jiu-jitsu coach, yeah. And what level is he jiu-jitsu He, he
1: is a black belt uh, under Roberto Attila.
0: Okay, now yeah. I know nothing about jits and all that. Like yeah. Roberto Attila is a name that I have heard of. And like, uh, where does that name stand in the whole sort of list of great seasons? <laughs> I, I mean, there's a lot of people who train jiu-jitsu.
1: Yeah, uh, you can't really, you can't really place anyone really above anyone else. I don't know. It's not
0: once they black belt and then they red belt or they got five stripes <laughs> on their black belt, they're all great. So it doesn't, doesn't really matter, you know.
1: Yeah, uh, he's our professor, and uh, you know he comes on quite often, and we learn a lot from him, and uh, it's actually really inspiring having someone to look up to, and uh, working towards being a role model like him one day, you know, so
0: what a guy who uh, can play guitar inside a nightclub as well as choke you out. And exactly. You know, he's a very, very, uh,
1: very deep, charming guy. Very, oh, no, <laughs>
0: and he takes pictures of everything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this fight that's coming up, you're, you are a fit guy. You, I never see you out of shape. I mean, if you tell me you're out of shape, you kind of look, maybe your face fills out a little bit and you're probably being hard on yourself, but you're always in the gym. So, do you kind of have like a break after a fight for a while, or do you kind of just get back into it? Uh
1: lately, uh with my past few fights, I have been taking a bit of a break. Uh I've been having some uh some health issues.
0: Uh what's the matter?
1: No, no, nothing serious, but uh I I just uh feel like I overtrained and uh after a while your immune system kinda kinda gets yeah, exactly. And anything you catch, anything and everything. So my last two fights, meant to be three, I actually got really, really sick uh, within the last two weeks of the of, of uh, fight prep, and uh, I hadn't fought 100%. So I'm I'm looking forward to coming out there and uh, putting on a good show and feeling very healthy. You know, not not many fighters come in there 100%. No, very seldom. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, when I was, again, i keep going back to the podcast of this morning. It's funny. We cover the same things that you're saying. Not all fighters go into a fight feeling healthy. Uh, Emil Calacuzzi went into his fight with a busted wrist and a busted shoulder. Yeah. And it's like, that happens. So you can quite easily go into a fight with one arm basically disabled and you've got to make as though there's nothing wrong. Exactly. And, um, how long has this camp been for this particular fight? Is it still a three rounder, five
1: minutes? It's going to be three rounds, five minutes. That's right. And, uh, We've been training for this since the fourth of January. We've been pushing really hard. I said I want to fight in uh, in Cape Town, and they gave me they gave me my wish and they gave me a good opponent. So I'm 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 ready and I'm looking forward to putting on a show full of fans.
0: And they've given you main card as well, so that's going to be a televised segment of the fight card. Now the thing is, is, I've been looking at the fight card at the moment. It's not there's, there's a whole lot of blank spaces. On yeah, it. yeah. Is there any insider information that you know of who's fighting? I mean, beyond, uh, beyond the five fights that are televised yeah. and Luke Michael's fight, there's nothing else. There's nothing
1: else. Yeah, is I do. I do know uh, of a few guys who are fighting on there, but unfortunately, uh, I can't say. Oh, you signed uh, papers. Exactly, being yeah. a
0: dick, okay.
1: Pretty much. <laughs>
0: now, on that fight card, so, oh, there was EFC last night. Exactly. Did yeah. you watch?
1: Fortunately not, no. Uh, why? Uh, because I had Doggo. Doggo takes priority.
0: Dogs can sit and watch TV, man. Yeah,
1: uh, unfortunately I don't have SABC3. Oh, that's, my excuse.
0: <laughs> that's exactly my excuse, is that I don't actually have internet in my house at the moment. I'm still waiting for these people to come in and install my fiber, so I couldn't yeah. watch it online.
1: Uh, I I do. Do you know the results? uh, I do. I heard heard the results. Some of my mates, uh, Zach Midland, was there. He's giving me all the inside information. Um, How did Cabesa do? Cabesa won by an elbow. Uh, Spinning elbow, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, the guy that he was fighting, short notice, I think he only took the fight on one or two weeks. Um, But then also he had to fly all the way over here across time zones, which meant like there has to be jet lag. So, he set himself up for failure, basically. He was talking
1: a lot of smack, you know. He said a whole lot of things. And uh, I believe he, he was like three kgs out. Uh, yeah, Yeah. Uh, Which,
0: taking a fight on short notice is understandable.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but he agreed to, to fight at that weight. You know, he agreed to those terms and he didn't meet them. Yeah. Regardless of the amount of time that you had.
0: Now, what is that? Now, you fought Ige Kabesa. I have. And wh- what do you see of his development then as a fighter as, since he became champion? Has he gotten better? Is he stagnating? Or is there no real way to know because A, this guy that he fought knocked out last night probably was ill-prepared?
1: I was really looking forward to him fighting Boyd. I think that that was going to be a really epic fight. I don't know who would have won. I definitely think it would have been a very, very, very technical fight. Uh, they're both very good striking-wise. Was
0: Boyd dropping
1: down? Boyd was the former featherweight champion.
0: Okay, so that was his division. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, Danny Henry beat Boyd, and Ige beat Danny Henry. Uh, He lost the belt to him again, and then he returned the belt against uh, one of the Boita brothers. Uh, I tried
0: to... Ping-pong with that belt, man. Yeah, yeah.
1: At least, he's he uh, he didn't even defend it this time. He didn't defend it... uh, so, so
0: yeah. last night I wasn't up for grabs because he was so much yeah, he, fought, he fought.
1: He Yeah, fought, uh, he fought at lightweight. He fought at 70 instead of 66 because okay, so of the, the, yeah. the, 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 the fight change.
0: And now, just to get away from EFC, of course, uh, my coach, Mikey, phoned me the other day and he goes, you coming to my house? I was like, why am I coming to your house? And he goes, because it's almost time for El Kukoy against Nurmagomedov in UFC. What do you think is going to happen?
1: Oof, I'm a big Khabib fan.
0: <laughs> is it going to be a case of Khabib smash?
1: It's a very interesting fight. It's a pick and fight. Uh, you know, they both have different styles. Uh, Tony Ferguson's very flashy. He's got his very slick moves. He's slick off his back, but Khabib is just a juggernaut. He's a monster. He just keeps coming forward and putting pressure on you. You know, he's, like, uh, he's the lightweight version of Ken Velasquez with better wrestling, I think.
0: Lightweight version of Cain Velasquez, but with better wrestling. Yeah. Now he's like his stand-up is mainly boxing focused. He's not. He's not a kicker of any kind of. Yeah. Sport. Yeah. But then he starts to get you on the floor and he starts trapping a limb here and trapping a limb there and then just starts beating you in the face. That's right. So now Alka Koi, Tony Ferguson is supposed to be ninth planet jiu-jitsu. Tenth planet. Tenth,
1: Tenth planet. Tenth planet. Sorry,
0: yeah. is he a black belt?
1: Uh, I think so. And Eddie Bravo.
0: Yeah. Now, has Khabib ever fought anybody that high level before in terms of jujitsu? We're
1: gonna to have to look that up, but I uh, definitely do think so. Okay. Uh,
0: Let me grab a phone here and actually, I'm gonna have a look at what the fight card is gonna be because what uh, that UFC wouldn't put on a shitty fight card with that kind of a a headliner. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what I love. This is not live. It's not radio. I don't have to save spaces and throw in adverts and play shit music. <laughs> um, I've got 4G, but it ain't just. It's just not fucking doing anything for me. Oh, there we go. Got it. Saturday, seventh of April. Let's have a look at the fight card.
1: He's been quite notorious for pulling out of fights as well, Khabib.
0: So what was the last time bad weight cuts? There was the, yeah. the I think
1: it was kidney the, or liver failure, or something something along those lines. And the tiramisu story, he was he was overweight,
0: uh, and apparently he got busted eating a slice of tiramisu, and that's why Ferguson has kept on like sort of annoying him with that uh, that whole uh you fat boy and all that. Kind of <laughs> that. So Ferguson's record twenty four and three, no draws.
1: Khabib twenty five and zero. Twenty five
0: and zero an mma fighter with that kind of record before is he the only one with 25 and 0
1: uh there's there's been quite a few guys
0: uh have gotten to 25 fights and still not being beaten
1: but the question is who did you fight that's also another thing you know you could fight guys at lower uh, lower lower organizations or smaller organizations and you come up you step up to the big leagues and you don't hang
0: well i you suppose know? most of his fights probably come out of russia as his development which is a a hard place to learn how to do this, yeah. But then he's also shown that he's able to beat the absolute tar out of anybody that it has put in front of him, and he's had some very big wins, yeah. lately in his career. Um, and then Ferguson, what kind of a what kind of a record has he had? I mean, do you,
1: are you Tony Ferguson uh, won the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, he has just been getting better and better. He's the same as. I think he's the same as Stepe. Stepe was a great fighter, you know, and uh, when he fought guys at, at, at the top level, he never did so, he didn't do so well. And uh, he just kept on working in the gym and now look where Stepe is, he's the champion. Look at Tony Ferguson, Is he's, he's the interim champ, lightweight champion. You this know, fight so, is
0: for the full lightweight belt though. Has it been stripped uh, of Connie?
1: I think it's still the interim title. Oh wow, so they're just yeah. not
0: going to strip him because Connor's worth too much money, <laughs> even though Connor seems to be thinking of having another fight with Floyd Mayweather. <sighs> yeah. It's a sad money grab. So what? This <laughs> is what happens. You know, the thing is is then I'll never blame anybody or any fight of like Floyd Mayweather deserves as much abuse as from the boxing community as um I'm sure what uh, McGregor's going to get from the 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 fighting or the mixed martial arts community, if he ever signed to have an octagon fight with Floyd Mayweather going, oh, it's a soulless money grab. Now you can understand what what our perspective was yeah. when this fight got signed. I mean, even today, even though he's 50-0, I refuse to call him a 50-0 and 0 fighter because he got it from a debutante, a boxing debutante, yeah, to yeah, get 50. True. It's not as though he fought Errol Spence. It's not as though he fought Keith Thurman. Yeah. He fought a guy. Oh,
1: that would be a cool fight. <laughs> Keith Thurman? Keith Thurman.
0: Uh, Keith Thurman's not without his faults, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think Floyd would beat him, I'd but th- it would be an Floyd interesting fight.
0: Troun- yeah, Floyd would trounce him. I think f- the if if Floyd were to have a real fight again, Errol Spence, the truth is told, because that boy has got a hell of a lot of talent in him, and he's I think he's unbeaten twenty five and 0 and like sort of nineteen knockouts. Hectic. He's got a, a he's a left hander big swinging left hand uh he's um he's one of those kind of guys i spoke to chris van Hidden. who fought him now chris van Hidden's living in america
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i said to him what's it like fighting against errol spence and he goes the thing is is that he understands how to judge distances so you think he's in range to hit him and it's just that last little movement, that yeah. little flick back that gets him out of range. the counter. Or if he... Get, exactly. And then he's straight back on, you counter it. And it's similar to what Floyd is, what Floyd can be. Floyd is a great counter puncher when he wants to be. He's the best in the world. Yeah. And I think Floyd would never take that kind of a risk because Errol Spence is a real, real live risk. Um, but that welterweight division in boxing is not crazy. So you got Errol Spence... okay. In terms of giving credit where credit's due and the people who own the belts, Thurman has to be called number one, even though it's up to you to decide whether you prefer the look of Thurman better to Errol Spence, because you can quite easily say Errol Spence is number one, although he's only got one belt and Thurman's got two. So
1: Are they going to fight?
0: <sighs> boxing is such a fuck up that they probably won't fight until two years time, which is cool because they're still young. There's still, it's not like Manny versus Floyd where both of them were well over 30 yeah. and everyone was clamoring and it still took them another five years from 30 to when they're closer to 40 to fight each other. <laughs> yeah. So it's not the same thing. I could wait. I could wait. But the thing is now, so you've got Thurman, if you want to be uh, political about it and say he's got two belts, therefore he's number one. Then you've got Errol Spence as number two. Number three is now a lottery because... Terence Crawford has just moved up from junior welterweight. I think Terence Crawford—he's a monster—is better than both of those guys. And it's sad that he's promoted by Top Rank, and the other two are promoted by Al, well, Al Heyman's their manager. Is because there's always going to be politics in making a fight there. Yeah. And then there's um, there's uh, uh, Danny Garcia, who's still worth it. He, I mean, he just obviously he popped bam, bam. Uh, he popped bam bam, but. <laughs> Bam Bam's a a shadow of the man he used to be. And that kind of a style is always going to be made for someone like Garcia to look good against.
1: Was ineffective aggressiveness.
0: Well, he just comes forward and he just takes punches because he gets a hard-on when he gets hit in the face. He's got a a serious mental problem. And I think he should be safe from himself and he shouldn't be licensed to fight ever again because that is one guy who's going to be doing a Muhammad Ali suit. He's going to be slurring his speech. If he's not already, he is. like Have you ever heard an interview with that guy? It's not because he's got, like, sort of a Hispanic accent. You genuinely can't understand what he's saying. And I think it's, like, early onset brain trauma that you're seeing. There. And it's so it's going to be all of those fighters and all of those guys are in their late 20s now. So there's going to come a time. Now, Thurman's already beaten Garcia. He gave Garcia his first loss. Thurman is looking to have a rematch with Sean Porter because Thurman's just come out of... Intense shoulder surgery, so he's not going to step in with Errol Spence straight away. Although Sean Porter's no fucking pay walk either. Sean Porter's a bringer.
1: You see what he did to to Broner?
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm glad. I hate I hated watching Broner. I hated watching Broner at welterweight. Go back to lightweight. Where you are from, my friend? You've not got no business up there. He's got no power to be there. But then, just imagine if you're going to get Bud Crawford versus Errol Spence. Bud Crawford versus Thurman, and then. um there's another guy who uh, is a junior welterweight. although I think he's a little bit smaller guy up to welterweight. But he smashed a Namibian guy on Thursday night called Julius Ndongo.
1: J- Ndongo fought cross- Crawford, Crawford, right? Yeah, Crawford I remember smashed that. Him. It was a body shot.
0: Oh, he broke him in half. Yeah. But this Ndongo was no mug. He's he, good. He's he, good. He, he unified the division. He went to Russia and won a belt. He went to Scotland and won the other belt. Yeah. Then he fought Bud Crawford, who had the other two belts. Bud Crawford snapped him in half, which is no knock on him because that's what Bud Crawford does. Yeah. He's a vicious, vicious man with a mean streak, and he can do anything. He can fight righty. He could fight southpaw. Yeah. He can brawl. He can box. He can do everything, which is why I think he's the most dangerous guy. So Pacquiao is still there. At the welterweight division.
1: Mm.
0: As a warhorse, horse, Kiff, would I like to see him fight Bud Crawford? Yes. Would Bud Crawford beat him? I'd say yes, quite handily. Would I like to see Pacquiao fight Keith Thurman? I think yes. Because I think Pacquiao's got more of a chance of beating those guys as beating Keith Thurman. I don't think he'll beat Earl Spence. I don't think he'll beat Crawford. So Pacquiao's still there. The guy that I was referring to with the Julius and Donga fight, Regis is his name hectic yeah regis progress okay p-r-o-g-r-a-i-s however you say that it's like french new orleans whatever it is he's like 24 and and he knocked Ndongo over in two rounds indongo did take the fight on short notice whatever but he still smashed this guy so he seems like a talented guy superstar who's kind of bubbling under the surface yeah. so welterweight in boxing is going to get big very soon is going to be, that's going to be the the heat division of all the divisions once they start putting their politics aside and start making fucking fights, which is what they're going to do. But back to this UFC card. So I've got it here on my phone. Calvin um, Qatar, I've seen him fight before against Renato Marciano. Is that how you say his name? You don't know either of those guys? Michael uh, Chiesa versus Anthony Pettis.
1: That's going to be cool.
0: L.I. Quinta versus Paul Felder.
1: Paul is a good striker.
0: Karolina Kovalkiewicz against Felice Herring. That's, That's gonna, gonna be a be cool a f- fight. Yeah, hell yeah. Ray Borg versus Brandon Marino. That's a good fight. Gee, so it's a, it's a proper actual card compared
1: yeah, to the yeah. last UFC card. Which Isn't was it, uh, Rose, Namor, Yunus, and then uh, Rose Namajunas and and uh, Joanna Jodejic from Jodejic. Yeah, I, I, have you seen their first fight? I didn't watch the first fight, but Oof. I
0: looked. You know, I looked at the records. Rose is eight and three. Who's she lost to?
1: Uh, she lost to Katerina Kovacovic. I, I know how to pronounce her name. Kovol Yeah, I'll have you know. Uh, Carla Carla Spaza, the former uh, former champion in that division, and uh, I can't remember who else she lost to. But uh, she, did. she she is,
0: beat the tar out of Joanna.
1: She she dropped her and she just pounded her and actually looked like Joanna tapped to strikes. In the, in the first round. I'm sure she denied it, though. Daniel Cormier was like, Rose, <laughs> Doug Rose, Doug <laughs> Rose. It was sick. It was really cool to watch. And Joanna was trying to intimidate her, the whole build-up, the whole fight, yeah, tuning her. She
0: talks a lot of shit. I followed her on Instagram for a while, but she's very full of herself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Selfies, selfies. I really, I really, mean, I,
1: really mean, I, I, mean, mean, I like her. her. She's a really cool fighter, I think. But uh, watching her in the Ultimate Fighter with, uh, what's her name again? Claudia Galdea. And uh she was just a bully, you know what I mean? She's just a bully. She talks, try and intimidate, and belittle people. Well, she's that's poised. not really, yeah. You know, she's not really. That's not really cool. But uh, you know, it was really cool to see Thug Rose wasn't intimidated. She was laser focused, and she came out there. You know, everybody thought she was going to take her down. She stood, struck with her. She dropped her, and she finished her. That's really, really cool she to watch. Her
0: on the ground. What TKO? is? But Jadeja, what is she like on the ground? She's more of a stand-up. More she, she's kind of more of a
1: striker, but yeah. obviously she's working with some top-level guys, and uh, it's not easy to keep her down. Uh, Claudia has a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu. She has great takedowns. Struggled to take her down. If you watch their second fight, the uh, first two rounds were, were to Claudia, took, taking her down. That chick, Joanna, has cardio for days. She, she got taken down and beat up. She got back up. She got dropped as well. And uh, she just put the pressure and put, 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 the, put her foot on the gas and just drowned Galdale, uh, Galdalia. It was a really, really, really cool fight. You we're need to check need, it out. We're
0: going to need a look about that now. <laughs> I think you're getting it wrong, and I think I don't even want Claudia. to... Claudia. We'll just call it Claudia from now on. Yeah, yeah. So if we can go back to the EFC card, of what we know is on, because there's supposedly... Okay, so there's five-man cards, six, seven... 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 spaces. Yeah. Six are filled. Okay. So do you want to do a quick pick Because you know these guys better than I do. Uh, You are an EFC person. You're a fighter in the organization. Van Staden versus Hughes.
1: It's going to be a cool fight. Uh, Martin Van Staden has been on a tear. He looks scary at lightweight. He's a big, big guy.
0: Wait, wait, wait. He's lightweight now.
1: He's a lightweight and he's fighting for the title. Hasn't
0: he fought at middleweight before?
1: Yeah. He was a former middleweight champion. I think at Fight Force. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He must be bloody tall then.
1: He's huge.
0: So he's come down to lightweight. What's the weight cut for lightweight? 60? 70. 70 on the dot? On the dot. And um, Gavin Hughes, I'm going to be doing a podcast with him soon enough. Big Tasty. Big Tasty. Why is he called Big Tasty?
1: I don't know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Do you know much about him? Have you seen him fight before?
1: Um I saw him fight. He fought we fought uh Dion Brunning, the guy who beat me from uh From my gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah And I and think Brunning beat him. No, no. No. That's why he's getting this title shot. Dion was actually meant to if Dion. Dion won, blew
0: his knee out in that fight, I remember. Yeah. Uh
1: yeah. yeah I don't know if it was before or during or after the fight. Uh, before or during the fight. Yeah. Uh he went out there, Dion destroyed him in the first round, and uh, second and third round, he just wasn't the same. Obviously, I think it was the injury. Yeah. Uh, so I you don't, could see it made a big difference. Yeah, I think I think Dion Brunning is on another level. I'm, so, I'm sorry, big tasty, but uh, Dion Brunning... Uh, and you say this, of course, because
0: you fought Dion before. And oh, what, yeah. what was that like?
1: Oof, it was a good fight. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, unfortunately, last. lost. But uh, definitely, don't think the fight should have been stopped. If you watch the replays, uh, he wasn't really landing anything. He looked busy. Yeah. He didn't, wasn't landing, and he landed like one elbow. The uh, first round was completely all me. You know, I hit him with some big shots, took him down a couple of times. So uh, you're saying was he
0: wasn't hitting you with much? Are you catching a lot of the stuff on your arms?
1: Yeah, like uh, you li- I was slipping. moving. I was slipping, moving my head. He had top mount. Uh, he's just slick on his on 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 the ground. Man. Yeah, his he juts is, is his strength. That's insane, man. I had, uh, mad respect to that guy.
0: Well, I was speaking to Mikey the other day. He was telling me a little bit about Dion's background. He said that at one stage, Dion weighed 122 kilograms. Oh wow! And he started doing mixed martial arts because he was overweight and fat. So I mean, for him to get from that to having, actually having a real fight against a real fighter, that's one hell of a at like, lightweight. Yeah, jeez, <laughs> what the hell? That's yeah, a, yeah. It's a cut of 53 kilos. It's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. Right. All right. Dave Mazzini is back in town against Chris Bright.
1: Against Chris Bright. Chris is, Bright is what, what awesome. What are we going to
0: expect out of that?
1: Come now. I think it's going to be a technical battle. I don't think it's going to be a full-on war. I think… Uh, Bright's
0: not really a stand-up guy. I know he's a jiu-jitsu master. He's a crafty
1: master. master, man. He's very crafty. Both striking and on the ground. Uh I don't know. He, people might say he's old, but you definitely can't count him out.
0: How old is he now? Uh, Do you know? 40? Close
1: around there? about, around about there. Yeah, I think like 40, 43, maybe.
0: Dave's tough and he can box. And he oh, showed yeah. that against Timber when he clocked Timber. With, and it wasn't like a, it wasn't the biggest punch I've seen, but it was the most accurate. And yeah. That's what put him to sleep. Yeah. So Bright's definitely not going to stand with this guy. It's going to go to ground and then. I don't know. Mazzani, he's got jits, but is it as good as or as high level as Brights?
1: That's the question.
0: Like, what does he get at Extreme Couture? He must get some decent guys to spar with. Hell and yeah, to roll yeah, with. yeah.
1: Especially after after losing the bout, he's gonna want to come here and uh, and put a put a statement down and uh, say he he deserves another shot. So um, I'm looking forward to that fight. I think that I I think that uh, Chris Bright has this one. But, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a difficult fight to call.
0: Faiz Jacobs versus Eleanor. I don't know much about Eleanor. I know more about Faiz. But also, again, I haven't seen a lot of his pro fights. You've been sparring with Faiz, though. Yeah. How's he looking? Good? Looking looking good. He's looking good. He's fit.
1: Very fit, yeah. Yeah.
0: And what does he have in terms of Eleanor to deal with?
1: I think uh, the big question is uh, going to the ground. I think I saw this guy, I checked him out the other day, and uh, the majority of his wins are by submission. Eleanor? Yeah. Where's he from? You, uh, he's from the UK. UK, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We're just going to have to see, can, can Eleanor take him down? And uh, can he spring back up and throw those flashy kicks and crazy? Flying knees. Exactly, yeah. He's a ninja.
0: <laughs> well I mean that that picture has been basically the UFC I mean the EFC sorry wallpaper is that flying knee that yeah. he, that he clocked that on, guy on Opi Sebeko yeah exactly and I mean Oopi I know because he was a former boxer he's had a decent run in EFC but like boxing was his thing he do t- you know t- I fought him as well you fought him as well yeah, yeah. yeah. what happened
1: there uh, I arm him in the first round but uh, not before he could eye gouge me oh. <laughs> he scratched my eye <laughs>
0: <laughs> what purposefully no purposefully
1: i promise you really hell yeah on the ground yeah wow i was in side control and uh he literally dug his finger in and scratched i had to to an eye specialist Jeez. and uh get checked out that's the whole reason i'm wearing these glasses <laughs>
0: you're wearing glasses because of a f- eye poke from the fight with OMP sebeco that's right wow OMP, you dick <laughs> how dare you yeah man gary joshua versus De beer
1: uh, I think Tabeer's from Durban. I'm not really sure where he's from, but uh, I'm going to go with my man Gary Joshua. That guy has grown in leaps and bounds. He's a monster. I he's
0: think unbeaten,
1: there. Hey, I think he's 3-0? 3-0. He just beat Baldwin uh, from Durban as well. Mm-hmm. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he he's on a tear, man, and he, he has a hell of a lot of experience. I feel like the Cape Town guys have a lot more experience amateur-wise, in MMA, than uh, the guys from around the country. But even though Durban and, and the Cape MMA Town. scene
0: is so dead at amateur level here, that's weird. Mm. Mind you, I suppose the guys who are now operating like yourself, like Gary, like uh, Luke Michael, they had the benefit of when CFL was good. Oh, and yeah, they were yeah. performing in that sort of level. So yeah. then there's going to be a generation gap of guys who are coming turning pro yeah. now who didn't have that. That's gonna be where you're gonna see, I think, the differences between Cape Town fighters compared to everybody yeah.
1: else. But from what I could see yesterday, there's a whole lot of uh, there's a whole lot of guys coming out uh that are gonna be very, very, very crafty and sneaky. Uh one of our guys, Tomelo, uh he's a slick guy. He's like a little skinny John Jones it's with his guy. angles and low kicks and oh man, his teeps. You see those teeps yesterday?
0: Yeah, man, he's a hell of a
1: fight. <laughs> Yeah, he's very patient as well. He hits the guy, he doesn't want to go in there and risk anything. He he took his time and uh he picked the guy apart nice and easy.
0: Well I think the move and the fight of the your the pick of all the fighters from your gym out of yesterday's performance is that is Christian. That triangle that he that he just snapped onto that guy. Yeah, there was no yeah. hesitation involved. It was like a very s- natural a snake striking on something, and it yeah. just got the right grip and it never let go, and that was it done. And then he also slammed that guy on his shoulder, which I think might have bugged his shoulder up before. Yeah.
1: But you see the counter striking as well. See those right hands.
0: He was getting hit with hands, right hands himself, but he was riding the punch. Yeah. You, know, you say what riding a punch is, is when you, you 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 don't take the full impact of it. You kind of slip your your head back and yeah. forth with the punch, so. You're riding the impact of the punch. He was doing that a lot, and that takes a hell of a lot of eye coordination. Yeah, because you, if you if you fuck that equation up, it's tickets. It's a very dangerous game to play. Yeah, but he would seem very comfortable doing it, and then he finished it with a triangle. And I, went, I I met him for the first time before his part and I said to him, "So what kind of a dude are you?" You stand up. He goes, "Yo, I'm stand up primarily." You know. I, i just do a bit of ground game to get it to be stood back up, which means he likes to tie somebody up, make sure there's nothing going on, and then ref stands him up. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes and does that. And you're like, whoa, you liar.
1: But like I said, uh, you know, we might be a small gym, but we, we scrap and we train hard there. You know, we want to get uh, the guys as well rounded as possible uh, so that you don't call yourself just a striker, just a grappler. You want to be an MMA fighter. You want to be a martial artist. You want to be the full package
0: Luke Michael versus Mikishi.
1: Uh, I don't know the Mikishi guy, but uh, Luke Michael definitely looked impressive uh, in his last fight. I don't know if you watched him. Yes, he's
0: 65. Is he still training up in Joburg? FFM, yeah. Is he still at FFM? Yeah. yeah. And he's obviously developing underneath FFM. Yeah. You fought him? Yeah. Is there anyone that you haven't fought? (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, there's a few guys. Oh,
0: geez, like you've... Even Tyson Chellin, you fought him, and luckily yeah. he's not on the card. It could have been another person that you could have like personally told me about. <laughs> so, Luke Michael, when you fought him, towards it was quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah. I remember because I was at that EFC event, and I actually I fucked off and went and played blackjack because I didn't want to watch two of my friends fight. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was a it was a really cool fight. It was a back and forth fight, um, and unfortunately, it got stopped within the last twenty seconds. You know, and I also don't agree with that stoppage. But you know, what am I going to say? I'm the guy who's in there. I'm the fighter, Yeah. You know, and same so, same with my coaches. But other people who watch it, they can be the they can be the judge and say what uh, what they think. Uh, he had top position in the third round with a few seconds to go, and uh, my coach said I must turn to my back because he can't submit me in 20 seconds. And as soon as I did that, the ref stopped the fight. Said, well, oh,
0: the ref thought that you are giving a verbal submission by turning your back. You're yeah. on the ground, though. Yeah, yeah. Since when is giving up your back a verbal submission on the ground? I thought that's just... It happened. They called
1: it a TKO. Wow, uh, that is weird. Yeah.
0: So, beyond, like, this fight that you're having now against Rudy Roots, all right? Uh, and I'm not going to say as to whether should you win or should you lose. I'm just looking at a general perspective of where Regis Mjombo's career is headed. Are you what you consider to be a professional fighter? I know you've got a day job. Obviously, you have to because of like yeah. fights don't pay that much yeah. where you can just be a fully trained fighter. I like to
1: be comfortable. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and girlfriends cost money and so do little puppies. Hell yeah. Like, Where do you see yourself... In, like, say, five years' time? In your, I mean, you're still not even... In, the, in my fighting career?
1: Yeah. Well, I definitely think I'm going to be one of the top-ranked guys. Uh, I feel like I'm just getting better and better every single day, and I'm figuring the sport out. And it's only a matter of time till the spotlight shines on me. And I'm going to be bringing the heat both in this fight and many other fights I'm going to have. Uh, I think I'm known for that. I'm, I come to fight and yeah you know i've 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 i'm starting to understand my body I'm starting to understand uh what it takes to cut weight and uh how to feel good after the fight and uh before the fight sorry and yeah, I think uh, the fans can expect a lot from me I've got a lot of fights still left in me i'm only twenty three and twenty
0: three with a six and five record you had 13, uh, 11 fights i mean that's crazy yeah and, yeah, and you'd like when I said to you, to, when I say to fighters like don't be afraid of losing because I find that fighters who protect that zero also don't express themselves as much because exactly. they're too scared're to too lose. tentative yeah yeah they're too tentative so you've you know what it's like to lose
1: had a four fight losing streak
0: yeah you've got you've been down that road already yeah. that other guys haven't and that other guys might be too scared to because they're not going to be as willing to express themselves as you might going oh fuck it I've already had a loss yeah. I've already had four in the trot I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. And you're not even 25 yet. I think the future is very bright for you because, I mean, look at Nick Diaz. What's his record? 26 wins and 13 losses.
1: 20, I think it's 28 or 27 and 10. I think. It's a it's a it, those two, two no contests.
0: Two big number. <laughs> yeah. Two no. Was the drug? drug uh, related. Yeah. it's always drug related. When yeah. Goes. But that's the thing is, and he's still one of the most in demand athletes, not just in the UFC, because I'm sure they're dying to get him fighting again, but the public as well. Yeah. So the public, I think the, the mindset of the public in MMA is way better than, than what it is in boxing. Because if you've got a boxer with a record of 27 and 10, he's not fighting for anything above being recognized as a gatekeeper. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's disgusting. Well look at look at guys like uh what's his name now? Uh like Overeem. Yeah. You know? He's uh he's he's he just lost in Ghana now. But you know, if he'd won that fight, he'd be fighting for the belt again. Look how many losses he's had. He's had so many losses. And uh, you know, he's still one of the top ranked guys there. He's always there to fight and he always puts on a good performance.
0: Andrei to Andre Olovsky's got a Andre Olovsk,
1: exactly.
0: Oh no, I'm should be due a belt shot soon enough because <laughs> he's been on a what a four fight winning streak?
1: Uh not lately. Uh not he, like, was, he, he was just one lot. Yeah, he weekend. won he won against Steph Struve. Yeah. Uh, but uh he, he lost to Nganu. He also lost to, I think, to Overeem. Uh, I think he
0: had some kind of a streak. He had,
1: he had one. He yeah. had like a five fight winning streak, and, and then he lost he to Stipe. And, okay, yes. Um, I think he lost to Stipe, Overeem, and uh, now in and now he's back again. But think about it: he was a UFC champion in like the UFC fifties and sixties, yeah, and he's <laughs> still around, and it's like UFC Triple Two that just happened now. That's crazy.
0: And he's seeming to be getting in demand again because he's, he's putting up knockout performances yeah. when he's winning.
1: And he's getting better and better. That's the thing. You learn every day.
0: And I suppose, look at it also, Mark Hunt. How many re- losses does he have on his long... Yeah. Since the days of pride yeah. fighting career.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: he's still... Although, I think that he's probably should have quit like a couple of years ago. Yeah. He's still there and he's still in demand. So... Basically, what I'm saying is that losses aren't as As bad as people say. Exactly. It's not so critical. And I wish people would get off of that mindset of, no, only undefeated. That's all we take. Yeah. No, fuck off. Because people who've lost have learned more about losing than they have about knocking some guy out in five seconds. Exactly. Yeah. So I think you're in a good space. I really do. I definitely am. And um, can you see yourself staying at lightweight forever? Is the cut manageable?
1: Uh, the cut's easy to lightweight. The problem was getting down to feather. <laughs> uh, and you've done that already, hey? I made a catch rate of 67 uh, against Oompy at EFC 61 at Sun City. And I made that so easily. However, I was a bit sick. And then I was meant to fight uh, an FFM guy, uh, Momoda Torre. And uh, I actually had to pull out uh, because I was so sick. Uh, Just like flu-like kind of stuff. Chest and lung infection. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, you know, this last fight against Sindile at EFC 65. I was also really, really sick. Um, But I pushed through, man. I put a lot of work in it. And it's not easy just to say, you know, I can't fight. Uh, I went in there and I did my best and I put on a performance
0: that's the thing is as long as you can leave there going well I did my best like whatever the people want to think about how I did then that's up to them and yeah. that's on them because the thing is, is I'm not in I'm not in any of the mixed martial arts like groups as such so I don't read like comment sections and stuff there. I mean I read the boxing comment sections about what they say about South African fighters do you ever read this, the comment sections
1: about my fights or yeah yeah, yeah. Um, there, 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 there are lots of people who say a lot of things, and uh, thankfully, there's a lot of positive, uh, positive feedback. And uh, so you get fans. a good
0: balance. It's not as though, like everyone hates Regis.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: the Regis Miyamba fan club.
1: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's it's great to see. Uh, some of the guys were like, finally, you know, I'm back on the main card. I'm fighting. You know, I think I deserve to be there. Uh, there are lots of guys uh, that are very talented and put on great fights. But uh, I feel like when lose a draw, I'm consistent in coming there to fight. I'm not tentative. I come forward and I look to put on a good fight for the fans.
0: Just going back to, okay, so you've been on main card a couple of times before. Where's Sean DeLonge these days anyway? I don't know. And why is he not in the, involved in this Cape Town event?
1: I don't know. Just Who knows? There's six slots left, seven slots left.
0: Come EFC announce what the hell's going on.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they will now after this event's done. I'm sure they're probably just focusing on this uh, this past event now. So
0: Well, yeah, they're holding two events in one month, and yeah. it's both the first two events of, of the, year. the year. Yeah, so yeah. So that is pretty crazy logistically, I'm sure. Um, and I mean it's a small team, so they've got a probably a hell of a lot of job sharing to yeah. do up there. But uh Reach where can people reach you on social media? And if you'd like to give a shout out to any of your fans, sponsors, girlfriends, puppies, <laughs> go for it now. Uh, I'd like to
1: give a shout out to my girlfriend, Siobhan. And, uh, <laughs> I was not being serious about that. <laughs> anyway. and, uh, and our little boy, Caesar. No, my for, sponsors. Soon to be former little boy. <laughs> my sponsors, Apocalypse, Fight Gear, uh Salty, Seag- Salty Sea Dog, Tattoo Parlor, uh, Aldi One, uh, the Hub Lounge, have you ever been there?
0: No, where's this? Uh,
1: it's in Seapoint. I uh, <laughs> definitely need to take you there.
0: We're in Seapoint though. I don't know. Seapoint's Dodge, bro.
1: Nice nice part of Seapoint.
0: What's it called again?
1: LD1. LD1. Well,
0: yeah. how do you get sponsored by, what is it, a nightclub? A uh, bar?
1: It's 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 a, it's a hookah lounge. A what? A hookah lounge.
0: Oh, you mean hookah like pipe that you smoke? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not the kind of hookah lounge that I no, no. <laughs> yeah you're pretty confident with the ways it's a hookah and you're like uh, what hookah hookah yeah as in uh something that you shouldn't Hub. be doing as a professional fighter right it's no smoking regis no smoking oh, you don't inhale you just put no. it to your lips and take a picture <laughs> <laughs> something
1: Paraglide. like that um max mouth guards fragrance emporium, and uh yeah shout out to silverback mma guys Come give us a try.
0: So EFC is going down thirty first of March. You're on the main card, and uh, it's going to be a cracking event. I'm sure they're going to announce who's fighting on the rest of there's other six or seven spaces available. But um, all the best. You're looking good. It was Thank good to hang much. out with you yesterday. Thanks for bringing that dog. Don't ever do <laughs> that to me again. It's <laughs> difficult to say goodbye. I know. I know. I know, it's, uh, it's going to be hard for you to say goodbye to that. Jesus, it's cute. Go look at any one of our Instagram pages, you'll see <laughs> the most beautiful brown eyes. Anyway, thank you very much, guys, and thank you very much for downloading this. I'm Dev Currer, at Dev Curra on Twitter, Instagram, Dev and Currer on Facebook. And uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing interviews with Faiz Jacobs, I've got Dave Mazzani coming back, and also, uh, is it Grant Hughes or Gary Hughes?
1: let uh, uh, call him Big Tasty.
0: Big Tasty. Big Tasty from the UK. All right, spot you
1: later, folks. Ciao. Thank you.